well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad to be with you on the program today. Sad that I am not in Las Vegas with uh, almost every one of my friends for the 2024 SHOT Show. Uh, I am unable to make it to Las Vegas this year. Miss E has a procedure coming up on Wednesday of this week. Need to be here for that. So, we'll not be in Vegas, unfortunately, but uh, we'll have some coverage for you at BarryAndArms.com, at least as best as we can cover the SHOT Show from a couple thousand miles away. Coming up on today's program, ever we're going to be talking with Nikki Gozer, the Executive Director of the Crime Prevention Research Center. She had a Great column at Town Hall a couple of days ago. Uh, this is the uh, anniversary, the 20th annual National Stocking Awareness Month. And of course, uh, Nikki is very much aware of the dangers of stalkers, given that uh, the man who murdered her husband is sitting in a prison cell in Tennessee. Although, as Nikki writes in her latest column, He's apparently slated for early release. Um, so Nikki has some words of advice for folks who might find themselves in similar situations, as well as the importance of being able to protect yourself against those stalkers. Had a great conversation. Take a look and a listen. Nikki, thanks so much for coming on the program. It's so good seeing you today. Good to see you, Cam. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I, I want to talk about the column that you wrote for Town Hall just a couple of days ago, the National Stalking, this National Stalking Awareness Month, let's stand up for victims' rights. But there's one part of this column of yours that I've got to get to first. You talk about the man who murdered your husband, the man who stalked you, being released on good behavior. Is that is that happening? Is that for sure going to happen? Uh, yes. Apparently, he, um, you know, he was convicted for murder. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, not first degree. They. It was a bench trial, and the judge dropped it to second degree. So he only got 23 years. But a lot of people don't realize uh, these violent offenders are allowed to earn early release good behavior credits. And he got the max that was bumped off of his release date. It was three and a half years. He had already earned the max. And um, this guy wrote me these twisted love letters from prison for years. And of course, that's stalking and harassment. And it took me forever to get him actually charged. Um, but he he was. And it turned out to be a plea deal. He got one year. The feds gave him one extra year. But come to find out, uh, you know, they, they went and revoked some of his credits because of what he did. But I learned that he's allowed to actually earn those credits back. He's still allowed to earn early release good behavior credit. So the revocation will be completely undone. It, it was totally pointless. And people don't realize that the criminal justice system uh, does this and they release dangerous offenders every day in this country. Yeah, no, you're I mean, you're right about that. And it, it's I'm just I'm stunned that this is happening in your case. First of all, I, the second degree murder charge, I, this to me, seemed clearly premeditated. Uh, so this should have been first degree murder. But the fact that he was allowed again to to re-earn those good time credits after he was stalking you from behind bars, that's not good behavior. I mean, but again, this is the system that and we can argue we can try to change the system. We I think we, we have to try to change the system, but this is the system as it works. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why it's so important that you are sharing your story, because other folks need to know 
that that this is what can happen, right? And so if you think that, all right, we've got a conviction, this guy's gone away, uh, the, the problem is solved, the issue is over, that's not always, in fact, that's not normally going to be the case. No, unfortunately, um, this guy is going to be released and he's going to be released early. And I, I tell people, look, if you think the criminal justice system is going to protect you, you're fooling yourself. Um, I try to talk with victims about how to best protect themselves. So many of these stalking resource, you know, awareness groups, everything they tell victims is, is, you know, it may be advice that's truly needed and some of it is needed, but a lot of that advice is this run and, and hide mentality of change your name, move, change your job. Don't follow the same route to work every day, get a dog, get an alarm, get extra locks, you know, and that's fine, but they hardly ever speak about a victim's, you know, basic human right of self-defense. And they they don't give them ideas on how to best protect themselves. And they certainly don't mention gun ownership and firearms training. And, you know, that type of advice is something that I, I feel is very important because there are certain situations, you know, they're very, very dangerous. And that's the situation that I have found myself in. And, you know, these evil people, if they're going to be released, if the justice system does this, people have got to be able to protect themselves. So I tell people, you know, consider firearms training, go and, and get your handgun carry permit. If you've got constitutional carry, that's great, but still go get the training, right. learn about situational awareness and most importantly, you need to know the law on justifiable use of force because you don't want to get yourself in trouble with the law. Um, and then just, you know, carry every day. But I talk about in my piece that there's one huge glaring problem that I see for people that want to be able to protect themselves and their loved ones. And that is gun free zones. Um, you know, I'm sure these places were created by politicians thinking, well, this is gonna help keep people safe. And it actually has the opposite effect. Creates a situation, and we've seen it time and time again on the news where mass public shootings occur over and over again, but the media fails to tell the public that these shootings occur in gun-free zones where yeah. good law-abiding citizens are unable to carry, unable to protect themselves. And look, evil people, they're not stupid. A lot of these murderers can be quite brilliant in their evil plans. And they seek these gun-free zones out because they know everyone there is a sitting duck. You know, uh, you're so right. Um, and it's interesting because there was a column in the Los Angeles Times of all places a couple of days ago that actually made this point. And I was so shocked to see it in the LA Times because, you know, that paper's historically been pretty anti-gun, but there were two women columnists who wrote about how SB2, which is the, you know, the concealed carry response bill in California, how this can harm the very people it's supposed to protect. And this is exactly what they were talking about. You know, women who have stalkers, who have abusers, who want to be able to defend themselves, but now again are told, well, if you basically go anywhere other than a sidewalk or a city street, you know, you're going to be committing a crime, right? Even if you have your concealed carry license. And it was it was shocking to me to see that that perspective actually brought from the L.A. Times. I was so glad to see it, because, as you say, there seems to be this 
And even in that column, they talked about, well, you know, women who own guns, uh, they, they, you know, they might have that gun used against them. They weren't necessarily they didn't want to come right out and say, go get a gun. But they at least were able to acknowledge for women who have gotten a gun, who are carrying a firearm for personal uh, protection, that these gun free zones stop them from from being able to do so. There was another story that I, I ran across just a couple of weeks ago about a uh, woman in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, who her abusive ex found her in a parking garage attached to a hospital, which are typically, again, gun-free zones, right? And he shot her, I think it was nine times. She survived, amazingly. But this guy was a convicted felon. He's not legally allowed to possess a gun. You know, one of the takeaways from this column was, well, Oklahoma needs a red flag law. If Oklahoma had a red flag law, then, you know, the guns could have been taken from this guy. This guy wasn't legally eligible to own a gun anyway. If, if she had known that he had a gun in your red flag law, you had to do was call police and say, hey, my, you know, ex who's a felon uh, is illegally possessing these guns. Come take him away. But she didn't know that he had a gun until he showed up there in the parking garage. Right. And attacked her and shot her. Conversely, I've seen the other side of these stories where women are able to protect themselves in their homes, sometimes in public. And, you know, listen, I, I think you'd agree with me, Nikki, owning a firearm, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be able to use it in self-defense, right? That it's not, there's, there's no, there's no perfect guarantee, but it will hopefully give you the opportunity if needed to be able to protect yourself. And, and in a way that a piece of paper, an order of protection, which again, may be very valuable, but at the end of the day, that's just a piece of paper if somebody wants to violate it. And, and, and having that firearm, I think, does add a layer of security that would otherwise be unavailable to these folks. Exactly. And I tell people that, you know, I helped Tennessee get the, the lifetime order of protection law established. And I was actually the very first Tennessean to uh, be granted the lifetime order of protection. And I think a lot of people in the gun rights community probably cringe a little bit. And they all say, and I agree, it is just a piece of paper. Um, but I still feel that it is needed. It's important to have on record. And in situations where it's extreme, like a situation, you know, that I've dealt with, where this is a very violent person, they've been convicted, and that's the key word, convicted of a violent crime, then the victim can go and petition a court for that lifetime order of protection. Um, I was granted that. But even I know that it's a piece of paper and I've got to be able to protect myself and my loved ones because he may choose to violate that. He's violated several laws. I mean, the man was willing to murder. Um, so I tell people, you know, don't ever completely rely on that piece of paper. You yeah. are your own first responder at the end of the day. Yep. And I know you and I have talked about this in the past, too. And I, listen, I, you know, I, I think you're right. I think orders of protections are valuable. Um, they can be a tool. Right. So if this individual violates the, that and contacts you, uh, there is an opportunity to at least put that on law enforcement's radar. And hopefully, again, there will be consequences, although oftentimes it doesn't seem like those consequences amount to much. But you're still creating that paper trail, right? You're still creating a process by which the authorities can go after that individual. Um, again, is it is it a guarantee that they're not going to contact you? Nope. Is it a guarantee that they're not going to try to assault you? Nope. But it is, again, just like we're talking about, a layer of security, right? And that seems to me to be one of the things, one of the messages that, that you want women to understand is that it's not there's not one thing to do. 
to protect yourself. There are a lot of things. There's a whole universe of actions to be taken to protect yourself, including owning a firearm. Right. And, you know, maybe some people don't want to talk about this, but I will. Um, it's also a solid defense. Should you have to go and defend yourself and, and your life and your loved ones because this person chose to violate that, then that piece of paper provides a, a pretty solid defense. As long as you follow all the laws. Right. Then, um, yeah, that's just an added layer of security for yourself. Do you think that, you know, you, you say that um, advice about owning a gun, it doesn't really come up in a lot of these, um, you know, sort of institutions or organizations that, that help women in these situations. What do you think is going to take to change that? I think it's going to take more and more women speaking out, you know, having the courage to, to speak out and, and talk about the importance of, of gun ownership and the benefits to being able to carry and carry in more places. Um, I was never a, a outspoken person before all of this happened. And, you know, over the years, I've just learned to do it. I was never into public speaking or getting up in front of legislatures. It was terrifying at first. But, you know, you just learn that some things are really important and it's it's really important to stand up, not only for yourself, but for other other victims out there, because unfortunately there will be more. And, you know, I would like to see more and more women being able to protect themselves and stop these horrible things from happening to them. I remember those first conversations that you and I had and. You know, you didn't want to be in that situation. You didn't want to be in that position of being an advocate or being a spokesperson for the right of self-defense. And your 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 testimony, your words were so powerful and are so powerful because of everything that you've gone through and everything that you want to help others avoid, right? When you have these conversations, first of all, do you have these conversations? Do women approach you? Do they reach out to you? Do they email you or contact you and say, hey, Nikki, I'm in you know, a bad spot. I don't know what to do. Can you, can you give me advice? Have you become not just an advocate, I guess, but uh, you know, somebody that folks can reach out to over the years? Um, yes, on some level, I have received emails from women. I, the Investigation Discovery Channel uh, did an episode on what happened to Ben and I. It was um, huge, apparently. It, it airs here in the U.S. and in the U.K., and I started receiving emails um, from women who were very concerned for their safety. Other women who were dealing with stalking or they were unsure, you know, they, they thought maybe they were being stalked, but, you know, they, and I felt that way, you know, at first, I, I did not realize right away that I was being stalked. Um, you know, it took a little while, but yeah, I try to help people as I can, but I, I tell them to do their own research because I feel like, you know, victims should be able to choose for themselves what they think will work best for their, their own safety. I, I don't ever try to like push anything, but I do give them their options. You know, I, I let them know, you know, how to go about um, getting training and, and um, what they should know, you know, and to be very 
respectful um, of others and understand understand justifiable use of force. Um, I, I don't want to see anyone who's trying to protect themselves get themselves in trouble with the law. Right. Um, so I think that's important as well. But I just try to give advice as best I can and let them choose what they think will work best for them. You know, and that's, that's all you can do, honestly. Um, but again, you're presenting that as an option. And that's one of the takeaways from your column is that so many people don't even present that as an option, right? That they don't want to talk about it. That's just, you know, get a whistle, uh, have your cell phone with you, carry your car keys in your hand, but they don't want to even talk about the most effective tool for self-defense, which is, Again, I mean, I, I think we've got to we've got to get past that, right? And if it's just an anti-gun attitude getting in the way, then you've got to get over it because ultimately, what we are talking about are people being able to protect themselves, exercise that human right of self-defense, and and again, make it home safely to their loved ones, to their kids, to their friends. At the end of the day, nobody should have to live in fear, and it's not that owning a gun is going to take that fear away. But again, it's at least another layer of security so that if, God forbid, some uh, stalker, some you know, evil in their heart and murder on their mind comes after you, you can walk away uh, alive, still breathing after that encounter. Absolutely. I feel like it's very, very important. And, you know, I also think that some people don't recognize stalking. I'll give you an example. Let's say a woman um, receives roses. Well, you know, to someone who isn't really trained, doesn't really know that they might think, oh, well, that's just a kind gesture. That's just sweet. You know, that that's not stalking. Well, if that woman has had to move and change her name and roses show up, you know, anonymous roses, that could be absolutely terrifying for her. If, she, if she's got a stalker and she's had to move, you know, anonymous roses are not romantic. They're terrifying. Um, you know, I went through my own issues uh, trying to get this man charged for stalking me from prison. He sent twisted love letters. So, you know, Tennessee Department of Correction, they wanted to just blow it off is no big deal. You know, they're just love letters, right? And then the United States Postal Service Inspector's Office, they said, well, we don't see any clear threats here. It's like, hello, the letters are the threat. Understand right. the context here. Here's right. what the man did to me and my husband. You've, you've got to look at the entire picture here. And it took forever. I had to hire an attorney. Ultimately, it took months and months. And finally, I got desperate and went to the media. And when the media ran my story, then, then, and only then was he charged. And I was taken seriously. But, you know, it, it shouldn't take someone um, that much work and burden to, to get get help you know I, i'm thinking what are other women going through out there yeah no you're right because and again it shouldn't take going to the media um yeah as, as you're talking about this i just i don't even know when the last time i thought about this was but when my wife and i were first like first married um 
we had one car between us. And so she took the bus to and from work uh, in Oklahoma. And one morning we had a note stuck to our front door and it was from somebody who had clearly been watching her, probably riding the bus with her, knew where she lived, had decided to, you know, pin this little note of, uh, you know, wow, I think you're amazing. Can we get to know each other? And thankfully, she never saw the guy. We had moved shortly thereafter, not because of that, but just, you know, we, we found a new place to live. But I remember her, her terror at that moment. And there were a couple of other letters. And I don't think we ever went to the police because I don't even think we knew to go to the police at that point. You know, like th that was so strange and foreign to us that this was happening. But I do remember her fear. And I do remember her telling me, I don't know. Like this was one we, we scraped and we, you know, saved and we found a way for her to get a crummy car that would at least run because she was terrified to get on the bus. She didn't know who was sitting, you know, on that bus with her was coming after her and was interested in her. And, you know, again, most of the, some of these situations, heck, most of these situations may not rise to the level of physical violence. But how do you know until that moment comes? Right. How do you know what that individual is capable of doing? You have no way of knowing. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I, again, I. Cannot thank you enough for everything that you're doing to try to protect women, to try to save women, um, and to shine a spotlight again on the problems in our criminal justice system. Because, you know, every day across this country, we see lawmakers say that people like you and I are the problem, right? We're the ones who need who, who need new legislation. We're the ones who need laws against us. Uh, we need to make it, a, again, a crime for you to carry in public. We need to make it a crime for you to have a magazine with more than 10 rounds. And meanwhile, you look at what's happening to these violent offenders. And the criminal justice system, in many ways, to me, is so fundamentally broken that that, that is an integral part of what you're talking about, too, right? There is the human right of self-defense. There's what we can do as individuals to protect ourselves. But then there's also what we have to do to ensure that the criminal justice system takes these issues seriously. And right now, it seems like, as you say, if it takes going to the media to shine a spotlight on these abuses before someone's going to say, okay, fine, we'll do the right thing. That's a problem in and of itself. Yes, it is. It really is. But I just keep plugging along and I keep fighting and I'll continue doing this for years to come, I'm sure. Well, and we will keep giving you a microphone anytime you want or need it. Because you are an amazing person, Nikki, and I cannot thank you enough for everything that you do and everything that you have done and everything that you will continue to do to try to help people stay safe. So thank you for all your efforts. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate it. My thanks as always to Nikki for joining us on the program. Looking forward to having her back again very, very soon. And I do hope that folks will take Nikki's advice to heart. Now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of California, where an Oakland man has been charged with robbing a family and shooting into a car's back seat in which there were young children. Uh, all of this, by the way, while he was on an ankle monitor for uh, earlier crimes. Yeah. You know, Oakland, uh, as we pointed out, Going in the wrong direction. Most cities across the United States saw declines in their homicide rate, not Oakland, 126 homicides in 2023, about double 
the number of homicides in constitutional carry Oklahoma City, even though Oakland has about 250,000 fewer people than uh, the capital of Oklahoma. They had far more homicides. And you know, again, we hear Gavin Newsom and other anti-gunners in California say all the time, oh, it's the gun laws in California that are keeping us safe. No, it's not. Patrice Davis of Oakland now charged with robbery, assault with a semi-automatic firearm, as well as shooting into an occupied car and making criminal threats, pleaded not guilty last Thursday and remains jailed in lieu of a $100,000 bond. According to Oakland police, it was January the 12th, about 8 p.m., Davis approached a car in East Oakland, robbing the occupants of a purse, wallet, and cell phones. Again, kids in the back seat of the car, the uh, dad reportedly uh, asked Davis to stop because there were kids in the vehicle. Davis allegedly responded, I don't care, I'll kill you and your kids. Now, according to the San Jose Mercury News, Davis was on probation and was wearing a GPS angle monitor at the time of the incident. They say he was charged last August with possessing ammunition. I'm guessing possessing ammunition as a convicted felon. He ended up pleading no contest to accessory in November as part of a plea deal with county prosecutors. Uh, in August, or in that August case, Davis had been under investigation for alleged involvement in a string of armed robberies and burglaries involving at least two other suspects. Uh, but again, able to take a plea deal to accessory to unlawful possession of ammunition. Uh, and it's that ankle monitor slapped on him. His next court appearance slated for, uh, uh, I guess, uh, later this week. We'll see what happens there. Something tells me another plea bargain might be in Mr. Davis's future here. Even though, again, already on probation, wearing a GPS angle monitor, which I guess really wasn't monitoring him, right? Um, but, you know, hey. That's how uh, California is dealing with repeat offenders these days, right? They're saving most of their efforts for going after law-abiding gun owners. Uh, today's armed citizen story from Oklahoma, where a woman shot and killed a man who broke into her home in Bartlesville, according to law enforcement. And this happened a couple of days ago. Um, police say that she was justified in using deadly force. She told Bartlesville police she didn't know the suspect, identified as a, a 23-year-old. It was January 12th. Same day that that uh, robbery took place in Oakland, California, police said the woman called 911 reporting that someone was breaking into her apartment in Bartlesville, which is uh, north of Tulsa. When officers were on the way, woman said that she had to shoot the intruder. According to police, woman justified in using deadly force to protect herself inside of her home. Police said they interviewed the armed citizen and released her. Officers arrived at the scene, found the man at the threshold of the residence with a gunshot wound. They administered aid until emergency personnel arrived. He was uh, taken to a local hospital where he later passed away from his injuries. Police Captain Daniel Elkins told uh, Channel 6 News in Tulsa, it's very unfortunate. And we're glad that nobody else was hurt in the process. The homeowner felt like they had to do what was necessary, and that is ultimately their choice. Um, neighbors said they were surprised that this happened. Broad daylight, right, as uh, they were getting their kids ready for school. One neighbor said, with that happening just right here, you never know. When a stray bullet or something could go on, you know there's things that happen, but you just don't really think it's going to happen so close to home. Yeah, you know, I, I guess you could be worried about a straight bullet, but I would be more worried about the uh, intruders trying to break into your home at that point. The neighbor said, you know, what if the moment I'm getting my child out the door for school and someone just comes right through, and in that moment, what do I do? Well, she said she's glad the homeowner was able to protect herself, and she hopes that other burglars will think twice before breaking into someone's home. She says, you know, you live in a place, you think, oh, we're safe here, it's fine, but the world is just getting more and more crazy every day. It does seem that way, doesn't it? You know, again, even with violent crime across the United States dropping uh, last year, record level homicide drops, it does, hey, listen, crime has not disappeared, right? I think we might be trending in the right direction. Certainly in Oklahoma, we look to be going in the right direction, but there are still going to be those violent offenders out there. 
And the question is, what do you do if that individual is trying to break through your door or smash through your window? How will you respond? Finally, today's good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, will it enable to do the right thing? A uh, teenager in Johnston County, North Carolina, Friday night, house fire breaks out, uh, and a 15-year-old girl ends up saving the woman inside the home. Now, the woman, unfortunately, uh, looking for a new place to live because the uh, home was destroyed, but um, the woman... And her pets are okay. Emerson Hartley was uh, outside on Friday night when she saw the flames from the porch of her home. She called 911, but she also risked her own life to rescue the occupant inside that house. She uh, said, we kicked her screened-in porch in hopes of getting her dog out. And her dog came running out. She had a small tabby cat. Got her cat in the neighbor's house. Um, But then had to go and help the woman in question. Thankfully, they were able to get her out of the home as well. Um, according to WXII, Channel 12 in Greensboro, Salem, North Carolina, the uh, CEO of Flowers Plantation, uh, Reed Stevenson, is actually helping the woman whose home was destroyed. They're providing a furnished apartment for her to stay in while she gets her uh, you know, life back together and starts to rebuild uh, all that was lost. That is, uh, you know, worth noting in and of itself. So not only do you have this 15-year-old girl helping in the heat of the moment, quite literally the heat of the moment, considering we're talking about a house fire, but then after the woman was rescued and she and her pets were safe and sound, Reese Stevenson stepping up to making to make sure that uh, this woman has a place to stay during the uh, cold winter months ahead. So a couple of folks in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for someone in need. And we thank them both for their very very good deed. And that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you, as always, for being a part of the program. I am looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. As I mentioned, we're going to have sort of a weird schedule this week. I am going to have to be off on Wednesday to uh, help my wife with this procedure. Well, take her to and from. I'm not actually assisting in the procedure. That would be weird. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more of the Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. And until then, be sure to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We're keeping you up to date on all of the news impacting your right to keep and bear arms. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. Just go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP or VIP Gold membership. It's our way of saying thanks for showing our support. Well, thanks for showing your support. We're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter because your support does as well. So thank you again. Have a great rest of your Monday, at least as good as a Monday can be. We'll see you back here soon. Until then, be well. Be safe and be free.